You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Not Just the Locked On Padres podcast, but also the Locked On Pirates podcast. That is right. I the person speaking is one of your co-hosts for today, Mr. Javier Reyes, sometimes, but certainly not always the host with the most. You can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And then I am be joined by I am be joined by my co-host of Lockdown Pirates, Mr. Ethan Smith at MVP Ethan. Sir, how are you doing? Good. I'm drinking Dr. Pepper out of a bat right now. So mm. I mean, can't ever go wrong cool. there, right? Oh, yeah. This it comes cool. with a nice little Nice little shot glass thingy, too, right here. That was a Christmas gift, but I'm doing great. The Padres and the Pirates play this weekend, and the Pirates are undefeated in series against NL West teams this year, so uh, hopefully they keep that streak going. Mm. Wait, really? Are they really? Yep. We beat the Rockies in our last series. We beat the Dodgers in the series we played them, and then we split with you guys. That's true. That's true. Maybe something's coming along. Over there in Pittsburgh, right? Maybe, maybe. We're going to talk about all of that, guys, and the series, and just a little bit of general baseball stuff. I had Ethan on. I feel like we did a crossover not too long ago, actually. Uh, And we talked about just the injury. You know, Brian Reynolds is off to a slow start. And we were talking about Brian Hayes. And then we were talking about a little bit about the Mitch Keller classic you know, uh, spring training excitement thing. And then he comes in and isn't any good. Same thing for Kevin Newman. But I guess let's start there with the Pirates questions, which is, you know, before we get into the fun stuff and just appreciating talent, Brian Reynolds, it's a bit longer since we've done our crossover now. You worried at all? It doesn't seem like he's been performing up to snuff to what he was last year. And especially for a guy that was kind of in trade talks forever, it feels like basically for the last like six months. So what's going on there? Um, I mean, a lot of it, I think, is just he's not doing the things that he's good at. I know that sounds really like basic and doesn't make sense, but he he likes to spread the ball around a lot. And I really applaud him for that. And he's trying to do that. But I think he's trying to do it so much that he's messing himself up, if that makes sense. Like, you don't want to like when you're doing something, Javi, and you're like, oh, I know I'm good at this, but if I overthink it too much, I'm not going to do well at it. I think that's what's going on with him right now is he's just overthinking Mm. everything at the plate right now. And I mean, again, he's batting 216. It looked like there for a minute that he was finally coming around uh, May 20th through the 23rd. His average jumped from a 214 to a 231 and has since dropped back down to a 216. But over his past 10 games, he only doesn't have a hit in four of those games. So, I mean, he's coming around, he's getting there, but I'm still not in panic mode. I think 2020 was an aberration to his entire career. I think what's going on now is just one of those slow starts that you see, and I think he'll pick it up eventually. Well, it's great to hear. I mean, it's just so funny, though, because in fairness, I will say, like, I mean, this is just kind of the sport. This is kind of baseball. Brian Reynolds is the only guy who's just kind of inexplicably, you know, regressing. I mean, the biggest one arguably in all of the sport right now is Marcus Simeon over in uh, Texas Rangers, who led the position in home runs last year and broke the single season record for most home runs by a second baseman and has none so far. So, like, just to tell everybody out there, 
You can be worried. I, the Marcus Simeon thing's crazy, and it's actually really sad because I hate it when teams that spend uh, just don't mm-hmm. seem to be rewarded for doing as such. But um, yeah, with Brian Reynolds, I am curious though. Uh, I guess the thing is, this is almost like something that you're required to ask, I think, when talking about this guy. Is there any universe where, say he's still not performing all that great, say he's just performing okay, do you think that that kind of makes the Pirates go, oh, maybe we should actually start exploring this, uh, some sort of trade option, maybe by the deadline or tomorrow, whatever? Uh, I would still say no, just because they did sign him to that two-year extension to avoid arbitration to get him paid. Because he wants to stay in Pittsburgh, from what I know, at least. I mean, again, I'm not a media person. Mark Madden would say I'm a pretend Pirates media person, but it's hard to pretend being a media person when you're not media at all. So, um, anyways, I don't think they're going to really move on from him there. Uh, mainly just because right now there's real no, there's really no need to move on from him. And then at this point, you'd kind of look stupid, because then if you move on from him now when he's underperforming, why wouldn't you have moved him when he was an all-star last year? That would be mm-hmm. kind of where I'm with it, where it's like gotcha. at that point, move him at when he's at his peak rather than moving him now. And I mean, I keep hearing people talk about trading David Bednar, who's a Pittsburgh native and has been absolutely phenomenal this year. I don't see that happening either. I could tell you who the trade pieces on this team are. And honestly, they're trade pieces right now, but I wouldn't even be surprised if they're not on the team by the time the trade deadline even gets here. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, it's really interesting for the Pirates considering they're rebuilding right now and everything. And, you know, they, but like, I, I will say, even despite the Brian Reynolds struggle and right that, like, it hasn't been a terrible team, right? I mean, there's just kind of, there's been a vibe to it. And you kind of said this last year too, where you were like, there's a little bit more of a fight there. You at least see a little bit more of a plan that's fermenting. I know O'Neill Cruz is a big fella for all you uh, pits. See, that's the funny thing about Ethan, everybody. And everybody go check out YouTube. Because if you were watching YouTube, you can see Ethan's eyes roll as I bring up O'Neill Cruz. You can, and there's a bunch of the trigger names for the Pirates, I imagine. Mitch Keller probably being one, right? O'Neill Cruz probably being one. And then, I don't know exactly, and then any other former Pirate, but I, I'm not counting those. I'm not counting those. Um, just like You're forgetting the biggest of the three. There's the big no, three. No, no, I'm saying, forgetting- I'm saying like guys currently with you. That's what I was trying oh, to say. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. Because uh, obviously Joe Musgrove is one of them. You got Garrett Cole. It's it's it hasn't been great for pirate folk, I think, uh, for for the past bunch of while. But I'm wondering, like, I guess we should talk about as you bring your little bobblehead into frame. Uh, what is something that I don't know heading into this series that any any new updates? I guess because last time we were we were doing our crossover, you talked about how both teams um or i should not both teams that the pirates their pen was surprisingly pretty um apt uh so remember what i told you the last time that we recorded javi about how the the way the pirates looked then even at the beginning of the month of may would not mm. look the same they do now mm. rowanzi Contreras has been called up to the team i think you guys will probably miss him or you may get him on sunday Tucapito Marcano was recently just called up to the team, yeah. former San Diego mm-hmm. Padre, uh, because Yoshi Sutsugo went on the 10-day IL. Yuri De Los Santos was pulled up into the bullpen and performed well the other day. Cal Mitchell was pulled up and got an RBI in his first major league hit the other day. Jack Sawinski has since been called up. Again, another former Padre. So that, for, that, that Joe Musgrove trade is starting to kind of shape out a lot already in Pittsburgh, and that's not including the guys like Diego Castillo that you already had. 
um, Rodolfo Castro, who even just got recently called up as well. The youth movement has started finally. That's where a lot of things have changed. And albeit the Pirates are 18 and 25 before going into the series. As I always say, they're a competitive team right now, even though they have the worst run differential in baseball. I'm also here to tell you locked on Padres Nation and locked on Pirates Nation because they've heard me say it a million times. Run differential does not matter. It doesn't. The Reds beat the Cubs 20 to 5 yesterday. It doesn't matter. Guess what? A win is a win. A loss is a loss. Who cares if you have a negative 25 run differential, but you went 93 and 69? Nobody's going to care. So, I mean, at the end of the day, going back to my central point, the team's getting younger. You can see that there's a different energy around the clubhouse as Javi yawns because I'm boring him about Pirates prospects for the <laughs> one millionth time. I'm not. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, it's, it's a youth movement. And even... To ask you a question about the Padres, I've heard great things so far about Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, and a lot of these younger guys that you guys have over there in San Diego right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, Gore has been – this is a guy who's a top prospect. I've said it many times. He's a top pitching prospect heading into 2020 around when you and I start hosting our podcasts. That's how long this guy has been a top pitching prospect. But then he falls off, you know, 2021 for reasons that we kind of still don't fully understand with him losing his control, having leg kick issues, just walking a bunch of batters, giving up home runs. No one really knows what happened. And then heading into 2022, obviously he comes up, they bring in a new pitching coach and he's been awesome. And he is scheduled, I believe to also pitch in this series, which is really, really exciting um, for sure. But before we talk about more of the, the youth, before we talk about more of the youth movement and a little bit more about Manny Machado and Cabrian Hayes, because I know you want to talk about that, let me talk to you guys all about you know Manny Machado in baseball. Arguably, you could argue that you could, you could, you could, you could, you could say uh, maybe I disagree. All right, some people could could disagree, but guys, I have to talk to you about something that is indisputable. <coughs> Those are the best protein bars in all the land, ladies and gentlemen, and. We've been asking and built, delivered, built granola bars are here now, guys. Built granola bars. I cannot speak today. Built granola bars in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box as well at built.com with 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only four grams of sugar. Built granola bars will change your whole world, man, for the better. Trust me, Ethan and I have both had plenty of Built Bars in our day, hosting our respective shows. Some of us may have even tried them live on the show. And that's what I like, is they're healthy for you. They taste like candy bars. They've got these new granola bar, uh, whatchamacallits, uh, they sound fantastic. I have not tried them yet, but I can't wait to. And Great variety and flavors, not just with the granola bars, but they've got apple almond crisp, cherry barcia, peanut butter brownie. They've got all sorts of stuff. They've got puff flavors. They have everything. They have everything. So go, guys, to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, this promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Woo! Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Not again. Uh... Let's keep oh, going. Here we man. Go. Let's keep going. Javi's gonna, Let's keep talking Javi's about the moment. <laughs> Javi's going to sit here and start rapping, guys. This is probably the part where you tune out. Uh, youth <laughs> movement wise, the game that everybody should be watching this uh, weekend is Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, Rolandi Contreras versus Mackenzie Gore. Mm -hmm. 
that <laughs> that is going to be something to watch. Um, of course, I brought up Mackenzie Gore to you. 29 hits, 38 Ks, 11 walks, only one home run allowed, 1.14 whip, and a 2.06 ERA. No, that sounds like to me, Javi, people need to go to bet online and bet uh, for Mackenzie Gore to win Rookie of the Year. Mm. I should go mm. ahead and do that now because yeah. O'Neill Cruz isn't up yet. <laughs> I mean, I will say, with first of all, with O'Neill Cruz, I mean, I got to ask you real quick before we talk about Gore, what's going on with my guy in the minors? Is he just not trying? What's going on there? Um, well, before he was playing in left field, which he openly said he did not really want to do. And since he's moved to shortstop, his OPS average home runs, RBIs, hits, walks, and K's. Well, minus K's he's not striking out as much, but every pretty much every stat has gone up since he's moved to his natural position of shortstop, which is so funny to talk about a six, seven unicorn having the natural position of a shortstop. Now, if you ask me when he does eventually come up after the Pirates stop manipulating service time, like Magneto manipulates mines. Um, metal, metal, but yeah. I metal, mines, you get what, <laughs> you know, he can manipulate metal to manipulate, manipulate your mind. There you go. Or uh, Obi-Wan, hello there. There you go. Yeah, that, mm, that's O'Neill yeah. Cruz right now in AAA. He's just like, hey, Ben Sherrington, I want to come up. Uh, he's struggling. I'm not going to sit there and act like he's not. He is. And I mentioned it the other day that I think it's wild that so many guys have gotten called up before him, but it's service time manipulation. It's how it works. At the end of the day, though, what is he truly learning from struggling in AAA? I, I pose that question to you because I've asked my, myself that question and answered that question for myself. I want to ask an unbiased opinion on what a top prospect learns from struggling in AAA versus struggling at the major league level. I think that it's just worth it to be like, well, we don't want to rush this guy. I don't know what his um, total time is there. I don't know if he just started AAA this year. I don't know if he maybe moved past AA quickly. I don't know exactly the timeline for O'Neill Cruz, but for me, my look at it is, yeah, I kind of want to see you succeed at the AAA level. I, I understand that the whole, you know, struggle at the major league level. But, you know, you mentioned C.J. Abrams a little bit before the break. Now, again, he's a little bit different because he barely played above A ball. You know what I mean? He was in double A ball. He only played for a little bit. He gets hurt. And then he's in the majors. Guys like Luis Campizano, maybe this is just the Padres calling people up too quickly. The reverse situation where they are being like, all right, we need a catcher. So let's call up Luis Campizano to pinch hit in bottom of the ninth against Kenley Jansen. Right? Like those are, that's not like necessarily going to, um, equate to success at the major league level. So I don't necessarily always know if that's necessarily the the right way to go. I know people have this argument all the time for young players in all sports, really, where it's like, well, they need to get the reps. They need to get used to the top of the line competition. I get that. Um, but at the same time, I don't know exactly what his story is. All I know is that he had been struggling. And, you know, I, I know that there was a couple swings he had where I was like, I saw some posts going around on Twitter where I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what's going on with my guy is he like is he okay like is he not trying i know that that's a thing but for me the problem also to take your side on this is also service time manipulation i never know what is really going on you know what i'm saying like i never know it's hard to trust teams sometimes that this this player actually needs reps in triple a versus no actually like they're just waiting until they can call him up and June or whatever the heck it is. So that way they get the extra year of control. 
So you mentioned about taking your time with bringing a guy up, right? Mm-hmm. How old am I, Javi? I've told you. Twenty. I'm in my Jordan year. I'm twenty. Uh, I was close. I was close. <laughs> O'Neal Cruz is also twenty-three. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about taking our time with a prospect who is now twenty-three years old. While you have Juan Soto, by the way, in Washington, completely different player, completely different player, playing phenomenal. Well, not right now, mm-hmm. actually, but the Nationals yeah. period are not playing that well. Yeah. How many at bats do you think O'Neill Cruz has had in the minor leagues? I have no idea. Throw a wild, throw a wild guess. If you're within a hundred, I'll say you're right. Let's say four fifty-two. 452 at-bats Yeah, in the minor leagues. Yeah. How about 1,677? Really? Wow. I mean, this is His a good co- example of me only having heard of him basically before the season started. I had no idea. I thought he kind of just burst onto the scene. Okay. Yeah. So a 274 average, 54 home runs, 232 RBIs, and a 794 career OPS. Do we really need to take our time with O'Neill Cruz? Mm, 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 mm. This is fair. This is fair. I did not know this. I, I'm not even faking this for the for the bit. I genuinely did not know this because I really only heard him uh, about him like a little bit before the season started. Even though I do somewhat keep up with prospects, I did not realize that. Um, and maybe, and honestly, people who listen to my podcast probably became familiar with O'Neill Cruz only recently as well. So maybe that's a thing. But. Uh, I mean, service time, it's been talked ad nauseum, right? Like, it's pretty messed up. The Padres, obviously, haven't been necessarily, um, you know, backwards, or not backwards. Uh, they haven't necessarily done as much in the service um, time manipulation. They famously called Tatis up at the right time. He was great in his rookie year, obviously, with the Abrams and stuff like that. Like, they've been um, definitely a little bit more liberal with that. Part of that is because I think that they are – literally competitive and they're like oh my god we need to see if we have guys now um so that's a little bit of a different scenario but hey i mean so i cannot relate necessarily ethan to your struggle but when i can relate to oh oh, oh do you have one more point no no okay well what it, it i can relate nice. to oh, oh. yeah it's coming <laughs> it's it's coming because okay. all I was going to say is like what I said to Lucas is about how it's really fun watching other teams manage their prospects way better than ours. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Javi, mm-hmm. continue. One thing that we both can relate to, my friend, is that we both have some of the best defensive third baseman in all of baseball. That's Cabrian Hayes and Manny Machado. I know you wanted to talk about this. I'll start off by saying this. Machado, when he first came into the league, if you just want to go by defensive run saved, as above average, whatever, just to, as a start. Like, this was a, oh, my God, this is the best glove we've seen in the sport in, like, 20 years or whatever the heck. And then he molded into just a really great glove, not necessarily putting up a historic Nolan Arenado-type number. I know that the Padres fans get really mad whenever Nolan Arenado gets more credit than him. The problem is that 
Nolan Arenado is also very good. And it's not like he's losing to just Justin Turner in a lot of awards. You know what I'm saying? Who like has one month better than May Machado. And they're like, all right, player of the month. Uh, and I get that. The, the Padres fans really take the Arenado stuff way too personally. I don't know. I mean, Arenado is like, what is he? he got a gold glove every single season of his career. He's very good. But I will say that Cabrian Hayes, in terms of the defense, he is reminding me of that. Uh, in terms of just this guy who's coming on to see making stupid, and I mean stupid in the good way, plays. I mean, he had that one last year. Neck, he, had, he like flipped his whole body. I wish, just type in Cabrian Hayes. There's a good chance that it's one of the first videos that you see on YouTube. It's nuts. He throws it from New Jersey to get the guy over at first base. Really nuts. Um, I want to talk to you about Cabrian Hayes, and I want to start off um, on top of introducing that and saying that he really does remind me of Machado when he first came into the league, being a guy who carries you with the defense. I am wondering about the bat, though. One, because he's on my fantasy team. And number two, because just in general, no home runs yet. Is this any type of thing? Are we sure that Cabrian Hayes is going to become the next great third baseman or just a really good third baseman like a Yohan Mancada, but with infinitely better defense? What's key, what percentile is Cabrian Hayes in his average exit velocity? In all of know, baseball, ninety fourth, the ninety fourth percentile. I could give no a word I can't say on this podcast about he doesn't have any home runs when he was this far away from having one in Wrigley when it literally bounced off of the netting that covers the seats from the brick, mm-hmm. and they said, "Oh, it didn't go completely over." And apparently, according to Wrigley Field rules, it has to fall in the basket. It can't hit it. Anyways, um, max exit velocity, 88th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 85th percentile. XWOBA, 85th percentile. XBA, 89th percentile. Slugging, 71st percentile. I mean... The home run, no home run sucks, especially for you since he's on your fantasy team, but mm-hmm. he's mashing the baseball. It's just mm-hmm. not going out. And honestly, when you look at how Key Brian Hayes is as a player, he does have power. He really does. But when I'm here to tell most people, his power is more centered around I'm going to hit a ball deep into the gap and I'm going to get doubles around you and run around the fences like it's nothing. That's just who he is. I mean, and then, of course, you have Brian Reynolds, who uh, had a inside the park home run not too long ago that looked effortless about a week ago. <laughs> but uh, key Brian Hayes, I mean, I still think the stock is too early to really say if he's going to be an upper echelon third baseman. And for Pirates fans are like, well, we gave him an eight year, 70 million dollar deal. He better be. And I'm like. Yeah, yeah. How many years again? Eight. That's a long time for a player to develop, especially for a guy that made his debut in 2020, which was a truncated year. Didn't really play at all last year that much because of his wrist injury. Mm-hmm. And realistically is now just getting into what I would say is the first full year of him playing. And I mean, like some people would be like, well, he played half of last year and 20 games. So he's played over half a season, but nobody's perfect. Like you mentioned how he reminds you of Manny Machado. Orioles fans, if you're listening to this podcast for whatever reason, was Manny Machado perfect when he first got on in Baltimore? No. 
Nobody is. Not everybody is Wander Franco. Not everybody is Bryce Harper when they come into the league. But you mentioned it, too, about Hayes and how good he's been. He has had an issues with errors, which I will agree upon. He's had some issues, but, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is right now played 337 innings and has seven defensive total runs saved, which is tied for second in all of Major League Baseball along the likes of Jeremy Pena, Christian Walker, Javi's favorite player of all time, Jerkson Profar, uh, <laughs> Nolan Arenado, uh, Jake Cronenworth even making a little uh, spot in there with six defensive runs saved. And most I know defensive runs saved is a major stat to look at here, but the fact that Machado's not up there, I don't put much stock into that. And there's a reason for that, because guess what? Not every single defensive play you make is technically saving a run. <laughs> I mean, there's some plays Machado makes, man, where I'm like, dude, like, calm down. We get it. You're Goku. <laughs> it. Like, we get it. You're the Goku at third base of defense. We get it. You are the blueprint. But calm down. And also, Javi did make that play from Hayes sound very incredible, which it was. But he threw out Yadier Molina. I, I, true. I mean, that is true. But it was still cool. <laughs> it was still cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, awesome. he, he basically he basically threw it from the stands to get him out. But it's still Yadier Molina. I'm pretty sure he throw me on the base pass, and I'm probably beating that out, honestly. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm hitting, am I hitting the baseball? No, I've not played baseball in just almost running. seven years. If I'm just the mm-hmm. runner, yeah, sure. Understandable. Understandable. But before we continue talking, sir, let's just take a quick second to talk about, hey, maybe you're betting on, say, Mr. Manny Machado win the MVP this year. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe maybe you listened to me earlier in the season by saying, ooh, the odds are pretty good. I don't know, <laughs> folks. The odds are pretty good. Maybe you might as well put a couple buckaroos or something on this. Either way, guys, when it comes to betting, bet online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Shout out to both the Pittsburgh Steelers and my team that I'm not going to name on my podcast here because the Padres fans will get mad at me, but people know what my favorite team is. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. One thing I do want to address is yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am still wearing my same Last of Us shirt. I felt like it. It's been an okay week, I think. And it has been giving me good vibes and good energy for me personally. So I'm keeping it. I'm still rocking it. But Ethan, let's continue on what we were talking about with Brian Hayes. I do want to point out you were 100% right uh, for Padres fans that don't know. No, really, Manny Machado came up early, which is, in fairness, can be a good sign. It can be because most people don't debut until a lot later. They're like 26, 25, 26. When someone's called up at 21, that means that the team believes this is a guy that might be like a superstar for a long time. And then if they prove it and whatnot, then we go ahead. But, you know, with Manny Machado's first two years, Few, three years, I'd say, in Baltimore, not necessarily eye-popping stats. Part of that was injuries, which you mentioned with Cabrera Hayes, but his first season in 51 games, 262, 294, 455, 445 slash line, uh, with the slugging obviously showing a little bit there. Uh, 2013, 283, 314, 432, 
2014, 278, 324, and 431. Uh, by the way, in the 2013 season, that was his first full season. Then he missed a bunch of time. It was 2015, 286, 359 on base when he slugged 35 home runs, breaking his record of 14. That is when everyone was like, oh, my God, he has arrived. And then he continued to mash for years to come. But that's true. I mean, with Cabrian Hayes, the other thing with him is if this is just a door of third, and what I mean by that is not necessarily a guy who's going to put up the most obscene offensive numbers. I'm just looking at the raw numbers necessarily, not necessarily their style. But if this is a guy who, say, hits 20 bombs, right? But if he does it consistently and he just has a decent on base percentage, hits for a good average, and plays defense the way he has been playing, it's like a top 30 player in baseball. Like that's how good his defense is. And with Lindor, like who's my boy, obviously, people of the podcast know I freaking love Francisco Lindor. Um, but with him, it's not necessarily like that guy offensive superstar. He's had good seasons, but going to be a slugger, but that's okay. Like you said, Hey, if this guy becomes prime DJ LeMayhew, you know what I mean? He's just slapping the ball all over the place, you know, then it'd be really good. Not everything is just home runs and whatnot. And I think you make a great point that the fact that he's already up and being a solid bat who's hitting, getting on base, hitting doubles, stealing a couple bags every now and then and then playing elite defense, the guy's a stud. The guy's a stud. Just because he's not better than Manny Machado yet does not mean you should be, um, you know, out on him just yet. He's going to – He's. It's sometimes it's random, right, Ethan? Like the breakout season. I think that's what keeps happening. I've been – this has been my theory for the NBA for a while where people forget about a guy because they jump on the MVP bandwagon too early, and then it's the next season after when they go crazy. Yep. This happened with Giannis uh, a few years ago where they – said he was going to win the MVP, then he didn't, and then he won two straight, and everyone was like, oh, okay, now he's here. This is kind of happening with Luka Doncic. Everyone in his second year or third year, highest MVP odds, then doesn't really do it, shows up a little bit out of shape, and now he just made the Western Conference Finals. He's been awesome, right? So Yeah, and you know why, happen. right? Why is that? You want to get me started? Hmm. Don't get me started. We're on a baseball podcast. I'll stop. I know. I know. We'll stop there. But, um, you know, with Cabrian Hayes, I do think, and we talked about this last time, just seeing those two with him and Machado at third base making great defensive plays, it's very rare and it's very hard to make it that in baseball that genuinely watching someone play defense is why you might want to tune into the game. That's very, very rare. Uh, usually with third baseman and shortstops, that's kind of the position that you'll get that from. But, I mean, it's kind of true, man. So congratulations. And when it comes to my fantasy team, he's still helping me out in batting average. And also, 16-team league. You know, so if he's my third baseman, I'm living with Cabrian Hayes as my third. Believe me, believe me. In a 16-team fantasy league, I mean, I got traits. Daniel Suarez randomly being good this year. Christian Walker kind of hitting bombs for me right now. You know, just not too bad over here, folks. I also have Nestor Cortez, which has been awesome. And then the other guy that I have in my fantasy team transition is your old buddy Joe Musgrove, who is currently in the in the uh, maybe a front runner, maybe a favorite. For the National League Cy Young, that's how well he's been pitching in a Cy Young sort of year. Um, Ethan, do you ever just sit there and miss Mr. Joe Musgrove? Javi, mm. let's just, just come on Go down ahead, memory no. lane for me a second. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Imagine 2022 season opens up and the Pirates' starting rotation could have been, theoretically, could have been mm. Joe Musgrove. Mm. Jamison Tyone, mm. Tyler Glasnow, 
who's injured. Mm. So no. Yeah, injured, injured, but yeah. Mitch Keller, Jose Quintana, and Rowanzi Contreras. Mm. Sounds pretty mm. good, doesn't it? Not 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 like knock your socks off great, but good. Mm-hmm. It's it's a proven fact that Pirates pitchers leave Pittsburgh and ultimately become better. Mm-hmm. I can name five or six guys that it's happened to over the course of a five, six-year period. And I wonder who's to blame for that. Locked on Pirates fans know who I'm talking about. You guys know. You're, you're the real ones. Y'all the real ones over there. You know who I'm talking about. Hopefully he's out by this year. I hope. It's all I can hope for. And no, I'm not talking about Mitch Keller. I'm talking about the pitching coach. But we don't say his name on crossovers out of pure fairness of you guys not having to deal with him. <laughs> I mean, that's it's kind of funny that you bring up the pitching thing because both of our teams maybe have a little bit more in common because with the Padres lately, everyone who's left the Padres in a trade over the past few years has turned out pretty damn good. Cal Quantrill is the one that I'll actually push back against. I think he's okay. I think he's a good piece to get back in a trade if you get other things too, which Cleveland did, which I'll get to in a second. But, you know, a lot of walks. He's not necessarily getting a lot of strikeouts. It, he's fine. A fine pitcher. I'm not freaking out about that. But Josh Naylor, he's doing pretty good over with the Guardians. You've got, of course, um, what's the, what's the other infamous trade that the Padres made? I'm blanking on it right now. Um, and Manny Margot, maybe a little bit this year. He's kind of, you know, morphed into all of a sudden a great offensive player, but there's some other ones that they've made. Oh, Will Myers, obviously, and Trey Turner. That one isn't exactly the best, although I love Mr. Myers. I love Will Myers, the baseball guy. And then the one that I've been talking about nonstop on my podcast for the past few weeks because I am insufferable and I am petty because someone was saying I don't deserve to host this podcast, but essentially because of this take, but the Trent Grisham trade, which I thought was clearly after like, I said this like two and a half weeks in the season. I was like, we're getting close folks to this looking like a disaster and it has been um with Grisham and then Eric Lauer who's been awesome and then Luis Urias who has been a very solid at bat for the Brewers Brewers low-key kind of like the Rays of the National League where they win a lot of trades too um pretty easily uh to be honest with you mm-hmm. wait no Lorenzo Cain was a signing but Yelich obviously uh this Eric Lauer and Luis Urias trade unless Grisham reverts to 2020 status heck if he reverts to semi 2020 status then maybe the Padres cannot look at this and be like oh my god we're dead because hey they did need a center field and they needed outfield depth so I get it they had plenty of infielders so Urias was kind of you know uh it was a little bit of monotony there going on but nonetheless I can relate man uh Padres while they are performing well right now they've got a whole bunch of wins that is the most generic thing to say ever how many wins do they have they have 28 wins 20 and 16 heading into the series against Pittsburgh but I can relate to the whole mistrade thing because Padres have made a lot of moves over the past few years and they haven't exactly panned out with the exception of Musgrove. Musgrove and obviously Tatis, obviously, but with Musgrove, it's like that's kind of one of the only ones uh, for the Padres that has turned out pretty well. Yeah, well, let's not talk about the other Pirates-Padres trade that didn't work out at all. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. dear. Oh, dear. I mean, it's funny because when the trade happened, and in fairness, guys, this is a bit I do on Twitter where I beg AJ Preller to kill me in increasingly violent ways. But, like, I talked about the show where I was like, all right, 
I mean, at least the downside probably isn't awful. He can at least be a decent bat and like, you know, hit for a good average, walk a tiny bit. He'll be okay. I was more annoyed with not even the buying high part, but the batting average and on base was not an area that the Padres struggled in last year. The thing that they struggled in was power. So I was very confused as to why that that was the guy they were aiming for. Heck, I wonder if they would find some way to friggin' uh, trade for Joey Gallo, to be honest with you. I, I think that they're the type of team that is crazy enough because they've been interested in Gallo for a long time. I think AJ probably is going to have to be like, I can't, I can't shake the itch. He's back. I need him. <laughs> I need him. The Yankees aren't going to want him. We'll, we'll give you Myers straight up. That's like, I could see them pulling that off. That would be nuts. But um, Mr. E-Man, Mr. Lord Smith, as I've sometimes called you, uh, yes. do you have any other kind of, you know, things to talk about heading into the series for the Pirates and the Padres that you want to get off your chest? I believe, <clears throat> I believe while I'm grabbing something, if I could grab it. Yeah, you got it. there we go. You got it. There you go. Um, I believe that the Pirates will extend their NL West supremacy against the Ooh. San Diego Padres because we made a promise to Paul Holden <laughs> to do so. But uh, we also play the Dodgers after that. So, Javi, I'll strike you a deal here from the uh, the Mandalorians. You guys can beat us in this series if we can beat the Dodgers again in their series. Deal? Say that proposal again. So you guys beat us, uh-huh. but then we beat the Dodgers in a series. So that we get one. Great game, to me. We get yeah. one game from you, and then we take two from the Dodgers. Oh, it's that's sure. I'll take it. I don't need sweeps. Let's that's, make sure- that's fine with me. That's let's make sure Jeff. Let's uh, make sure Jeff hears this over at Locked On Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Snyder, the villain of the Locked On Network, man. Uh, uh, I, we I have a lot that. of we have a lot of villains. Okay, I, we have a no, good amount of true. villains. He's but first villain. of all, no, the biggest villain of all, and I'm going to call him out right now on the Locked On crossover here because he is stifling my boy Javi. Is Lindsey Crosby over at Locked On MLB Prospects not following <laughs> Javi freaking Pano on Twitter? <laughs> All right. And then follows me and says, oh, well, I just can't follow Javi because of the swag on his Twitter account. And so so then you're throwing shade at me because then you're saying that my account is not worthy enough of not following me. But then you're saying that Javi is on this pedestal that you can't follow him. So, Lindsay, man, you're on the pod next week and you're going to be talking about O'Neill Cruz with me, man. But we're going to have to talk about that, too, because my boy Javi deserves a follow. For the record, he did give me the follow back, but oh, oh well, now I just look like an idiot. <laughs> All right, well, insider locked on humor for the folks. Um, yes. But Ethan, it's been a blast as always. We've done these so 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 many times. Good luck to your Pirates, and I'm looking forward to watching Key Brian Hayes and that Sunday juicy, juicy Sunday pitching matchup. And with oh, yeah. that all being said, guys. That basically about does it for not just the Locked On Padres podcast, but also the Locked On Pirates podcast. You can follow on Twitter at Javapeno for me, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres as well for the show's account, where I've been doing a lot more live tweeting this year during the games, which has been a lot of fun interacting with you guys. Follow Ethan at MVP underscore Ethan on Twitter, Locked On Pirates on the YouTubes. Check out the Twitters. You'll find the links. You know what to do. You've been listening to Locked On Podcast Network long enough, folks. That all being said, one last time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my very faithful homies. 
Take it! Yeah.